Unknown classification. It isn't one of ours. Take it out. This is Spartan 117. Can anyone hear me? Over. Isolate that signal. Master Chief, you mind telling me what you're doing on that ship? Sir, finishing this fight. Listening to the Hoffy Coffee Cast with Reese Bolton and Reese Jones. Oh, some coffee, you want some coffee? Okay, this guy needs coffee and cool stuff. Damn good coffee and hot. So I want to feed, don't you? <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, it's, really, it's really weird because, like, I'll. I, I, I honestly, right, I'm beginning to think I have a bit of like a stutter. Oh, mate, I've like got, in work, I've got I'll be just like, I'll be talking, and then I just like, I mumble, like, oh shit, like, oh, can I start again? Honestly, I don't know what it is. But then on the to, podcast, I'm, I'm, I'm all right. I have to do the, the uh, auto, auto cue in work, and I'm just like, okay. I could never present because sometimes, like, I say words wrong and stuff like yeah. that. I think it's like, a lot of it's practice. Like I couldn't say constabulary, like the police constabulary. Constabulary. I, I keep calling it like con, con, uh, const. I say it once like constabulary or something like that. Like yeah. But the thing is that like, the auto cue goes up so quick, and you have to like read it. It's it's mm. like you you're trying to met, trying to spell out the words while yeah, doing it. Yeah. So yeah. Oh um, yeah, I think that's just a lot of people find, especially public speaking, really like, hard. Especially it's live as well. Um, oh yeah, I started playing. Well, I started playing Elder Ring. I got Elder Ring last week. Oh yeah, um, it's absolutely. Is it amazing. as good as people say? Oh, it's amazing. Like, <laughs> I really recommend picking it up. Uh, the open world is just on another level. Like yeah. the the amount of detail put in is incredible. Like, so so good. Like. Um, Basically, I've been following this walkthrough on YouTube, and I've kind of got a good good build set up, and I'm just doing like such major damage to like oh, to sick. like enemies and stuff like that as well. It does help having a horse though, because you can just go in into like an, a, a, like a camp and slaughter everybody on the horse and stuff like that. Um, there's also wolf summons, which is quite a good one. Wolf so you have there's this thing that you have. I don't know. If, I don't know where it was in the previous Dark Souls games, but you can summon like um, NPCs to help you fight okay. bosses. Hmm. So it's this wolf summon that I usually summon, and they do some major damage, but they distract the boss. So when you go in, you can just kill the boss um, whilst it's being distracted by the by the wolves. Oh, that's cool. No, but like the attention detail is amazing. There's always like you can go underground. There's like uh, dungeons and stuff like that. There's like mines and caves you can do and stuff like that. And all of them have like a, a boss you can fight oh, to God, clear that it. like to clear that area. And it's really impressive. And it's just, it's so beautiful as well. So so beautiful. Like it's one of those games that you can yeah. I see myself racking up, up over three hundred hours worth on that game. Oh shit! Really? It's, it's huge. It's huge, and they keep and um, and from software keep adding stuff to it as well. Yeah. There's also like there's also mm. uh, 
uh, farm areas as well. Rack yeah. up runes and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know how many are patched now, but like, yeah, <laughs> the, and oh. everyone end up getting picking up like millions of runes and stuff like that. So, what was a rune? <laughs> oh, it's kind of like the souls. Oh, okay. Like, was well, like a collectible thing? No, I've, never played, I've no. never played Dark Souls. So Dark Souls is like when you kill an enemy, you absorb their souls, right? And then you have, and you can use that to buy stuff or like oh, upgrade right. stuff. And then when you die, your souls go back to zero, and you have to yeah. go back to where you die and reclaim your souls. Yeah, that's a bit like God, uh, the old God of War games. Yeah, yeah that's basically like that. Yeah, but um. Hmm. But it, some some areas are quite difficult. It's it's I recommend it because it's it's it feels like it's it's hard, but I feel like they're giving you a lot more option to make it kind of like um like for example, you you don't have to like fight through every enemy to get to an area. You could you could just go through on your horse and stuff like that. Okay. It's very it's it's very I feel like there's a lot more they added to it to kind of make the experience a lot more enjoyable. Yeah, as well because obviously, like, if you dark die, souls. like, if you die like a hundred times to a boss, yeah. you're gonna do you get. Do you like the whole, like Dark down. Souls stuff, where it's like each time you die, you come back with less health? That right, just thinking about it, it gives me anxiety. It does. It does. Oh, like honestly, I, honestly, like my head is getting all like frazzled just thinking about it. Like I remember, like Oz used to play it, and I was like, why would you play that? Just literally as a game. That sounds yeah. like hell to me. I think, but I think it's one of those games that once you accomplish it, you absolutely oh so fuck, happy yeah. with sense of accomplishment. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah everyone go go out and buy Elden Ring. Uh amazing, have we amazing started? work. Me. Oh shit, we've actually started, haven't we? Yeah, we have started. <laughs> you don't realize that we recorded. <laughs> well, I'm really like out of it today. I had a a late night, I was I was playing D D. For like the first time in ages. With who? Um, so you know Morgan? Yeah. And uh her like brother came over and he was like, Right, like should we like play D D? I was like, Yes, yes, we will. So then like he became the DM. Obviously, like he had a character in as well. And yeah, we just did like a dungeon crawl. It was really fun. Was it was it like a mate uh what he created or did you get it from one of the um, um books? Yeah, yeah. So um, I think it was like you know, one of those like presets of like dungeons, like on a nice board, different rooms and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, we had to cover like obviously the rooms we hadn't been to yet, but um, no, I, I it was really fun. I played um a fighter. Um, nice. Yeah, like a human fighter. He's an idiot. He has like a Scottish uh, accent. Yeah, I and I thought it was really fun. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, do you know, like when you used to watch like stuff like Critical Role, and watching it is like entertaining, but then actually playing it and immersing yourself in this world. Oh, it's brilliant! Like it's I, so fun. I, I love you. I you do. obviously know what that means. You know that I, means, right? I, yeah, in my opinion, I prefer DMing than actually being a player. I don't know why, because I just Ooh, love. Okay. Yeah. I just love creating these worlds and like having these characters and seeing what my, the players are doing, like and what decisions they make. I find it. I, I, I find it incredible. Oh um, god, yeah. Yeah. It's addictive. Yeah. Um everyone go out and play everyone go and play Dungeons and Dragons as well. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, so let's start with the podcast. So uh hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Toffee Coffee Cast where we talk everything film, TV, video games, and conspiracy theories. Of course, I'm your host, Reese Bolton. 
And I'm your host, Reese Jones. And today we are going venturing into another sci-fi franchise, talking about the Halo universe. So all the lore, all the stories, all the games, books, TV shows before the actual Halo TV show comes out next Thursday. Uh, I thought it'd be kind yeah. of a nice thing to do to kind of set ourselves up in like the world that of the the, the law, the universe of Halo, uh, the characters, the the enemies, the worlds, etc. Um, and uh, yeah, we've got some news to talk about as well. So yeah, you can follow us Instagram, Instagram.com slash Hoffee Coffee Cast, uh, Twitter at Hoffee Coffee Cast, and Facebook at the Hoffee Coffee Cast. Uh, please like, share, follow, and overview if you enjoyed the episode. So uh, let's let's just go straight in and talk about some news. And uh, I think the first bit of news we talk about is the uh, tragic passing of one of the great actors of this generation, uh, William Hurt. Um, William Hurt passed away on Sunday. Um, that is quite of a shock. You messaged me, and it was so strange. Yeah. But you messaged me. I didn't have any like notifications come up. Like, oh, it. this was like. Re- I, like when the, the first reactions come out, yeah. I think uh, someone on Instagram uh, reported it, like one of these like big like media media sort of ones on Instagram, and then um, yeah, I was like no fucking way. So then I literally went online yeah. and yeah, it was like the the obituaries in like you know like the big sort of like BBC he, and like Guardian stuff was there. He so basically in May tw- twenty eighteen he was announced that Hurt had terminal prostate cancer. But already materialized to his bones. He died from complications of the disease at his home on March the 13th, 2022, one week before his 72nd birthday. 72nd or 71st is such an early age to die yeah. from. And it's cancer as well. It's, yeah. But obviously, he kept it quiet. The family kept it quiet. And then it came out. And everyone was just like, what? Like, I know. Because some celebrities, they say if they're like, you know, oh, I've, I've got. If they say it, it becomes like public knowledge. But yeah, I think sometimes, yeah, like they, they'll do it obviously with like you know the permission of the person, but I don't know. Yeah, sometimes they, they don't really like to say, do they? No, I, I, you know, I mean, that was their uh, it's already his wish, which you know, it was obviously very you, know, you can respect that, but I mean, it is very sad. Um, I remember like I didn't really sort of like appreciate him before. Um, until I went back and rewatched um, the Ridley Scott Robin Hood, and uh, William Hurt played the historical figure of William Marshall, the Kingmaker. Is this in the 2010 one? Yeah, yeah, with, uh, yeah. with Russell Crowe, William Marshall. I I have uh, like a really like a soft spot for that film. So seeing William Marshall in it, and I I don't know. I thought William Hurt was like this very stoic. Like um, I don't know. Obviously, he was a very tall man and like big, you know, long hair and like beard and stuff. He fit in that world very well. Yeah. And yeah, I think he was—he was probably my favorite performance. I'm not—I'm not—I'm not just saying that, but he probably was my favorite uh, performance in that film. Um, I—I I was looking up as well because of his um his passing, his his uh, filmography, and um I really want to like go back and watch uh, Altered States, very famous um. Like, well, I'd say like a classic sci-fi about, you know, sort of like psychotropic sort of like drugs and how they influence like reality, like very hippie stuff. But I heard he was, he's very good in that as well. Yeah, you can all name for Best Actor Golden Globe for that performance. For, for Altered States? Yeah. yeah. Oh. And also wow. he, was, he, he was in Kiss of the Spider-Woman as well. 
Um, mm. That was like his big, big, uh, yeah, film as well. I've not watched that film. Um, I mean, would you say most people know him as uh, Thunderbolt? You know, Thaddeus Ross. Well. In- yeah, MCU. But I wish you know him from uh, him playing um, Richie Kuzak in History of Violence. Because mm. you know the one with Vika Mortensen uh, based yeah. on the graphic novel. I think that's uh, a the really... screenplay was done by Stephen Knight. Yeah. Um, I I like that film. Uh, and I would, use, I would say like Ivo Vigo that's a very great performance. I think William Hurt is the best performance in the history of violence. Yeah. Um, but I've known from other stuff as well. He was in the village. He was in AI. Oh yeah. Uh, he was in the good shepherd. Um, but then obviously, yeah, he's famous. I think for the common audience, everyone knows him from, um, yeah. Fun, uh, fun, fun, Thunderbolt. Yeah. Well, not Thunderbolt, Ross, Thunderous Ross. That's it. Yeah, he took over from Sam Elliott, I think. Sam Elliott played him in uh, Hulk, yeah, the Ang Lee one. But then, yeah, um, I I don't know. Um, I like Sam Elliott, but I felt yeah, like um, Thunderbolt was definitely a, a more compelling character done by Will Hurt. Also, he's in he's in Humans as well, the Twitch TV show. Oh, yeah, he's rob- robot. Yeah, yeah, he's the old guy who. Um... Oh, I, I haven't seen it. Oh, it's a really good show. I've seen like bits and bobs. Like my uh, my brother was a, a big fan of that uh, show. He was. But, um, I've never he, seen it. I think he he was the creator of the whole AI robot thing. Ah, right. Okay. Um, and he's enough stuff as well. Like damages. He's gone on there. He's, he's played a lot of like scientific characters, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Which is strange because such a, a a powerfully built man. I don't know. It, it, it's very unusual for someone like that maybe like because he used to wear like glasses all the time maybe like that changed you know perception but mm. i I, it was, I don't know a bit uh well whatever like people seem to like him casters though so i was wondering what was gonna happen now because i don't know whether they had was there any plans to have him come as red hulk or anything or um, thunderbolt Ross? i mean like there was loads of rumors about introducing the thunderbolts into the mcu um yeah whether or not that'll happen, we, we shall Do you see. reckon he'll be recasted? Um, I mean, they have done it, but then again, technically they haven't, because Hulk, uh, Ang Lee version, is not technically the MCU. Uh, the, the Incredible Hulk is. We've talked about this in our um, MCU episodes. They're available on Spotify now. But um, um, I wouldn't really like it. But if the story demanded it, if they had a good actor to play him, then yeah, sure. It's different with Chadwick Boseman when the whole the whole big debate of whether you should recast Chadwick Boseman. I think mm. for fun, because I don't know. I personally, I think they should retire the character in the wake of William Hurt's death. But I don't know. Is it? Hmm. I, I'm, I'm honestly. Like, it, not it really depends if they, had, if, if they had plans to include Ross exactly. in the future. Yeah. That's the thing. But yeah, yeah, um, yeah William Hurt. Whereas, you know, like Black Panther, he was such a, a positive character, very, very popular. So they yeah. were obviously going to make him uh, make a sequel to Black Panther with Chadwick as you know, the front and center, uh, sorry, the, the main protagonist. But so you're right, you're totally right. It's, it's a very different scenario. 
Yeah. Whereas, you know, like the MCU was kind of sidelined Thunderbolt Ross for a while. I, I think it was truly because they didn't know what to do with him. They didn't know, you know, uh, how the hell are we going to introduce Red Hulk or how, how are we going to introduce the Thunderbolt? So I I really don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Which is bad, but I mean, you know, rest in peace, William Hurt. Yeah, definitely. I, I yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't really mind if they brought back um, Ross, but it'd be really weird not having William Hurt. Yeah, definitely. He he brought this kind of charisma and also in like an intimidation of the character. Of yeah, I, I have to agree. I think especially when they brought the character back for Civil mm. War when he, he yeah. was reintroduced as the. U.S. Secretary of State. Yeah, that's it. I yeah, think. yeah. And he was—he looked so different as well, which I kind of liked. He looked very—he looked more statesman-like, apart from last time we saw him, and he was essentially what was he, a general or something? More yeah. martial. You know, his hair yeah. was shorter, so he was more, you know, no bullshit, clean cut. Whereas in this, you know, he's grown his hair out. He's yeah, he looks and acts more charismatic. He's the politician now, isn't he? Yeah. Fucking fantastic, fair play to And him. he resembles the kind of the whole or the political side of the MCU. Whereas, mm. like, you know, the idea was, oh, the Avengers, you can't do this, you've got to follow these rules and stuff like that. You know, you've got to remember to pay your taxes and stuff like that. You know, it's like, it's that, it's that running, running you know, joke, isn't it? Uh, like, it's like the, 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 you know, it's always the, um, the, the form person, the, pen, the, the paperwork person. It's like, Oh, like a it's like oh, yeah. it's like oh, you gotta do this, or you know, it's like the HR in it in a job. It's like oh, we we want to do this, and it's like well, actually, maybe this is a bit risky. Have you thought about this risk assessments and stuff like that? Um, which I spent a lot of time working in an office. You do <laughs> yeah. know that there's so much paperwork to fill. You have, you have bugbears, do you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, rest in peace, William Hurt. Uh, truly a tremendous actor of his time. Um, now we move on to some uh trailer talk where we got Boys Season 3 dropped. It is it a teaser trailer or was it the official trailer? Um, I think it was a teaser trailer. I, I want to say teaser, yeah, because yeah. I think we haven't been given a lot of um plot elements. Whereas, yeah, like, as a teaser, we had some sort of like sneak peeks, wasn't it? Like snippets of what's gonna yeah. happen. Um, I think the tagline is um, time to level the playing field, and we see. Butcher has become a super. Yeah, this is gonna be interesting. Okay, it looks like yeah. Huey's developed superpowers as well. I think right, I'm not I'm I'm not gonna spoil anything. I think in the comics they do have superpowers. Like they they've just been given um what what's the um the formula called? Like well whatever, like the super serum. But they don't have superpowers, they just have I think it's like super strength and stuff. So it's more yeah. like um of um uh, they're more equally matched with the seven. Um, how close they're going to do that for the show? I mean, I don't know, but um, it's extremely interesting, especially how the main bit of um, uh, advertising is Butcher with his eyes glowing. Yeah, and it's almost like um, they flipped it on his head, and they're giving him more of an antagonistic role now, maybe. That would be very cool, I think. Because he's always been a bit, I don't know, he, he's a baddie, right? But he's hes doing it for what he sees as the greater good, isn't it? Well, how the last 
series ended, it's, you're going to probably, you're definitely going to see Billy um, basically still going on this war with Homelander. And now, somehow, with the inclusion of superpowers, it's going to make it more destructive and make it the odds more even, to be honest. Because before, like, they were always just on the run and stuff like that. And then, well, yeah, it, it, I mean, the they had, um, what, what was it, like, the, the, the woman? Is this Starlight? They had yeah. her, but, I mean, considering, like, Homeland, they were always hiding, weren't they? You're right. Yeah, whereas now, oh, sorry, and they had um, the female, didn't they? They had Kimiko, but um, I... I'm so excited to see what will happen. It looks amazing. It does. Um, it does. We've seen. I think they've already um, released it's... sort of like the appearance of um, uh, Soldier Boy. Uh, yeah, is it is it Soldier Boy? Yeah. Uh, what's his name? He's from. Um, he's from Supernatural, isn't he? Yeah, it? the guy from Supernatural. I can't remember his name. I think it's going to be fantastic. I, th- I think it's going to be like I don't know. A you know, fucked was... up Captain America. Yeah, so this is going to be interesting. It's going to be like, you're, obviously, last season we had kind of Nazis. This one you're going to probably have looking like, I don't know, more like another form like like old patriotism, like the old American hero come, coming yeah. back. Hmm, that'd be, that'd be interesting. Because we see, I think it is Soldier Boy. He's like in a tank or something. And he's like, he's got like a breathing apparatus on. Okay, obviously, because Stormfront was defeated in the last season, hmm. they're obviously going to need to have another superhero yeah. super in to, to make it like the seven. Yeah. So that's probably why Soldier Boy is put in. Do you think he, it was like essentially a piss take? It is meant to be a piss take of um, Captain America. Yeah. So yeah. You, do you think his origin story is going to be the same where he's been frozen until they need him? Maybe. I mean, because I'm then... wondering what that like what was like in the tank at the end. Whether he, you know, he's always been frozen until they sort of like you know they want this like character. That, that could be an idea. Maybe he has, um, maybe he lives longer, so hmm. he he might yeah. be like living out somewhere and stuff like that, or kept in a prison somewhere, etc. Like this is going to be like obviously this, this is going to turn on his head where. You're apart, you know, Homeland is obviously Superman, but more destructive and more, you know, chaotic. Um, well, I feel like Soldier Boy is going to be opposite with Captain America, where you're going to probably have a lot of racism and there's bringing back of those kind of 1940s attitude and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so that's going to be interesting how, how they do it. But that's, I don't know, yeah, I don't know, they only talk so much of a trailer, but. It looks like they're going in a very different direction where this is going to be like, you know, this is going to be like the most insane season yet. Yeah. I think um, akin to like the Kingsman stuff, you have to up the ante. You have to make it more and more crazier. Yeah. Because you have to top the last season. Otherwise, it's just not going to be as good. And I think that's maybe why a lot of people had issues with uh, season two. Because it, it, I don't know. Maybe it wasn't as shocking. Uh, don't don't get me wrong. There were some really fucked up scenes, but I think they are going to go full out with with this. From if, if it, the, that one trailer is anything to go by, I think it's going to be shocking. Yeah. yeah. Whew. 
can't gonna, wait. We're going to get another trailer before this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it will. It comes when's out the in release? June, June. June. Okay. Yeah, yeah we'll, June. we'll get one. Yeah. Maybe yeah. like uh, next month. I think. I think uh, what what we should do we should do a review episode on Boys season two. Yeah. Because I yeah, wanted, that's, what, that's I, what we did last year, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, because I want to go back and rewatch season two. Yeah. Um. Cool. Yeah, I'm up for that. Awesome. Right. So, next piece of news talking about uh, another well, uh, going back to uh, as usual Star Wars. We always have Star Wars brought in as some of our news. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's been. Uh, stated that Christopher Lloyd has been added to The Mandalorian Season 3. You're not thinking fourth-dimensionally, Marty. Where are we going? We don't need roads. 21 gigawatts! <laughs> Marty! Oh, I, I love Back to the Future. So, you think seeing play? Doc... I yeah, mean, no, carry on, he's what are you pretty... Oh, yeah. as, as you say, he's pretty old, right? Christopher Lloyd, what is he, in his 80s? Yeah. He's always looked old. Uh, sorry, Mister Lloyd, but he's always look old, old. But now he's old, old. So I don't see him doing a lot of like action stuff. If no. anything, he's gonna be like a a Werner Herzog character, where he'd just be like, you know, in one set location, interacts with the main characters, and literally just does that. Like he's a quest giver, if anything. And that's not a bad thing because if anything, the Mandalorian works best as essentially. A, a, a TV, sorry, a video game put screen. He's gonna that, be. That's a, how it works. He's either gonna be like oh, some mechanic, or he's yeah, gonna be some yeah. some scientist that and Din Jin's gonna have to go yeah. and see for something. As much as I love Back to the Future, if we have an on the nose reference to the to the films, I will cringe because <laughs> it, it it just doesn't work. Star Wars doesn't do that. No, I, I don't think they will. It's kind of bringing in the whole like. Oh, Christopher Lord is, you know, it's well known for being, you know, 80 sci-fi yeah. films. Now he's in Star Wars. Yeah. It's kind of like when they had Michael Bean in season two. Uh, and it was like, yeah, oh, yeah. Michael Bean, Aliens. Now he's in can, can you remember, um, season two. Literally, like, no one recognized him. I didn't recognize him. No, no, Neither I didn't. Did I. I was like, where's, where's Michael Bean there? And he's like, oh, yeah, he's like this guardsman that was like over, he was like overshadowed by Ahsoka. I I think he's just gonna be like that. He's gonna be like in one episode. He's, he's yeah, gonna, he's gonna be a guest, a guest appearance. Yeah, yeah. We shall see. But maybe, some, it, maybe from uh, prosthetics, one go amiss. Is it like kind of coincidence how the Mando seems to bring in actors who have been kind of big in like the seventies and eighties? Because obviously we had um, Car- Carl Weathers who was in it. Yeah. Um, and then also we have Michael Bean. Now we've got Christopher Lloyd. There's been a couple others as well. I can't remember the top of my yeah. head. Um, so is it kind of like... I mean, Werner Herzog was very big in like the oh, 60s yeah. and 70s. So do you reckon, obviously, because Amando's like post uh, original trilogy and it's, it's it's like trying to harken back to the 70s and 80s of Star Wars. And one oh, way of doing that yeah. is bringing yeah. in it's actors... It's meant to be a pastiche. Yeah, 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 so one way of doing that is bringing in actors who were very prominent in the 70s and 80s. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, they've put out like a lot of um, invitations to people from that era of filmmaking, and I think a lot of them have turned it down because they don't want to be in this show. Yeah, because I mean, you know, you have some people who, you know, maybe they were fans of Star Wars, they would like to be part of it, but I don't think like some people were just like, "What? what you want me to guest star in like one episode of this like show?" And it's like, yeah, and it's like, oh, okay. 
if it, honestly, if the price is right, people will do it. It's not a bad though. You want episode, you put you get who wouldn't be who, who wouldn't want to be part of Star Wars? And then if you want to come back, if they want them people to come back, then just say you know the fans want you back, and then you could be in an episode for the next yeah, uh, I mean, series as well. Work with Tobey Maguire, I guess. Yeah, eventually. True that. True that. Eventually, yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, I mean, Christopher Lloyd's so iconic. Back to the Future, Doc Brown. Uh, it's getting it's keeping everyone guessing about what he's going to play. It's obviously been locked under heavy key. Um, but hmm. it usually, when the man, when it comes up to the season three premiering, there's the RDB usually sorts the actors in episodes. Yeah. Sometimes they're wrong. Sometimes they're, they're not wrong. But um, I think, especially like um, there, there was a lot of sort of like leaks and. I, I think again we we'll have some leaks with uh, season three. Yeah, which is exactly. unfortunate, but I mean, look that that's how it, that's how it works apparently now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to be a bit of a doubt. I saw thing. I saw this thing um, on Twitter. It was like one there was like a security team, and one was just kind of like the mark the press, not the press, but the press team, or or like. I can't remember who it was. It was like the IT or press team, and the comment, the caption was, "This must be the most useless role in the, in Marvel Studios because yeah. it's like you're trying to stop all this stuff from getting out, and they keep getting out." Like, <laughs> I can't I, wait. I, I, I'm gonna try and find that. I think. I, um, let me find it now. It's quite funny. It's it's, it's pretty funny. Yeah, so oh um, my god, I just got an NFT notification on. Oh god, they're, god they're so. tanking. I mean, at the, at the moment, a lot of them are tanking. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's, it's an investment, I suppose. <laughs> got to you know speculate to accumulate and all that stuff. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, that's another topic for. Yeah, I don't want to go a massive rant about. Buy NFT. Bitcoin now. Yeah. <laughs> Do I get paid by Bitcoin? No, we're not getting paid by Bitcoin. Uh, um, no. That'd be a anyways, good little sponsorship. Anyways, uh, let's go go straight talk about uh, Halo. So uh, yeah, that's all the news for today, and let's talk about the going to Halo. Well, I don't know how to do so. You can't say Galaxy Far Far Away with Halo. It's it's pretty much uh, like. It's... Uh, um, it's a galaxy very, very near, uh, and it's a little bit into the future. I need, I, <laughs> I need a weapon. <laughs> I yeah. need a weapon. Um, I'm trying to think of like famous quotes, but all I can think of is um, let's go join you and oh... the U. Oh God! No, 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 no. Let's join UNSC. Uh, yeah. I don't want to Let's that. get <laughs> abducted by military scientists and turned into super soldiers. There you are. We're not, we're not children, though. So, ah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. So, <laughs> Halo. Talking about the Halo universe. Uh, I think the last time we did one of these gaming ones was talking about Assassin's Creed. So, it's yeah, a bit similar to this. We're going to be talking all about the the games, books, well, the ones we know about, uh, the little TV shows that came out, the miniseries, and also talk about the big. One coming out in on Thursday, so uh, I was. I think it's a good time to start talking about kind of our experiences with Halo, oh, okay. like you know our history. 
him Halo growing up and how we got into Halo and etc. etc. Okay. So I think can we should, go first? you can you can go first. Oh, okay. Um Put on the I spot know exactly. Now. I know exactly what I'm gonna say. So I remember I was I never played sort of like Halo one three or like ODST. Nothing, right? I, I, I knew of Halo. I knew Master Chief, but I'd never played it. And then I had an Xbox three sixty back in the day. Boo, I know. But um yeah, I bought on a whim because I thought it looked cool. I bought Halo Reach, and I remember like do you know like when you're a kid, right? And on like the, the way home, like driving home, you just keep on looking at like the, the, the video <laughs> yeah. game, the video yeah. game casing. You're like, I can't wait to play this game. And oh my god, right? I chucked the disc into the Xbox 60 and I started playing it. And oh my god, it was so fun. Obviously, it's tragic. I remember like. Um, I remember finishing it. I think it was one of the first games I ever finished, actually, like, you know, clocked. And, um, oh, my God. Like, I, I remember, like, the last um, mission. I think the, the mission name was, uh, of, sorry, of Halo Reach, was called Spartans Never Die. And the objective was survive. And it's tragic because eventually you, you'll run out of ammo and the Covenant just keep on coming and coming and coming. And they, they will kill you eventually. And that's the end of the game. And oh my god, what a game that is! I loved it. So that's my introduction to to Halo. And did you play the following games that came out after? Yeah, yeah. Um, a couple of years later, Halo Four. I really loved Halo Four. Um, I didn't buy Halo Five Guardians though. Um, I heard like there was bad news about it, and like looking at the gameplay, like, I was impressed by the gameplay. I didn't really like how like we were playing as Locke like half of the game. Like this, yeah, like, Spartan we'd only seen in like one mini series. We'll, we'll talk about that, but um, yeah, like the guy who played Luke Cage is a Spartan, though. so yeah, we were like shifting between um John, uh, Master Chief, and Locke, and I, I don't know, it was a bit all over the place. I think they were trying to set up uh, a new Spartan, yeah, maybe yeah. to carry over from when like the end Chief storyline, but obviously I didn't go well with fans because you're, yeah. you're you're playing. See, what makes Chief so incredible is he is the face of this franchise. Yeah. Like, a lot of franchises have, have this. Like, I mean, you think of Uncharted, oh, which yeah, character, yeah. yeah, Nathan Drake. You think of, um, I'm trying to think of other ones. Actually, yeah. <laughs> you think of God of War, you think Kratos. Mm-hmm. And you think, obviously, Halo, you think of Master Chief. Um but there's other franchises that are like Assassin's Creed where there's a lot of different protagonists. So yeah. where you see Assassin's Creed, you could look at Altair, Ezio, Connor, Edward, and stuff like that. But like with Halo, there's, a, there's this one definitive character, and that's Master Chief. Mm. Um, or even like uh, Zelda, you know. Yeah, it's always like Link, isn't it, from Zelda? Yeah, Link. Yeah, yeah exactly. you're right. So that's what makes, you know, that's when everyone thinks of Halo, they think Master Chief, they think the Covenant, they think 117, they think Spartans. Like it's, it's become so an iconic part of pop culture today, not just in gaming, but like in pop culture in general. You know, mass, you know, you go to like sci fi conventions now and there's always Halo stuff about and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, it really is so, so iconic and not, and just an iconic. One for the 360, well, for the Xbox, and 
they called Halo the Xbox's kill, you know, the killer app of uh um the idea was it was like the game that came out for this new generation of consoles. And everyone's just like, this is Halo combat involved. Just the words combat involved. You know that this is mm. a very much a different difference to combat shooters from the past, like GoldenEye 007, 007, like a bit or like Hitman. So like this, uh, I think Hitman came out after. I'm not sure. I can't remember. But Halo marked to kind of the turn from the new start of action shooter, first person shooter, and the new style of what the new generation of console games are, will be like. Yeah. Were like. Um, I think it was like as sort of like these different science fiction video games that came out before it was very different because it was very heavily militaristic uh, science fiction. Yeah. You know, you're playing this like super soldier and your, your mission is basically to kill aliens. And John, um, sorry, John 117, the Master Chief, you never see his face. It's always from, um, you know, FPS shooter. So, um, FPS. So you are the Master Chief. Yeah. You know, so it was a very personal experience, I think, to, to play those games. As you said, you know, combat evolved, changed everything, I think. So, yeah. Especially the anniversary edition when it came out. Yeah. I, I have it. I, I need to get Halo 2 anniversary, but Halo... Uh, one Halo Combat Evolved. Um, uh, you could switch. You could press a button on the the uh, bloody on the. Oh my god, I forgot what it's called. The the remote, the the controller. Controller, Jesus Christ! Well, you could change the graphics between old and new. Yeah, the classic I graphics. That. That's, oh that's my amazing. god, it's so fun. But um, so. Yeah, yeah, love this. So my, I'll say my side of how I got the Halo was. I remember I was quite young, and I went to, went for like a family uh, kind of holiday with my cousins and all that. And my mm. cousin had an Xbox, and um, we played, and he put us on um, the really famous like sandbox uh, map from Halo Three. Oh, you know the Gulch. one? Is it Blood Gulch? No, 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 no. It's basically the sand one. Oh, um, I can't remember. Uh, I can't remember what it's called. Uh, I'm just gonna cut. Oh, um, oh, damn it! Is it Mombasa? No, Sand Trap. That's it. Sand oh, Trap. Right. Uh, Sand Trap. So this is always the map was always so good for like uh, you know, having like fire batches and stuff like that because obviously you had like the big structure at the middle and you can fight around it. And so I went playing that and I'm just like, what game is this? And he was just like, oh, it's Halo 3. So when I got home then, I got straight, bought Halo 3. And I never played Halo 1 or 2 because obviously yeah. it was old Xbox, the original Xbox. Now I only just got Xbox 360. So I, I played Halo. I played the camp Halo 3. I played the campaign. I absolutely loved it. And Halo 3 was a really good introduction to 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 Spartan 117. Yeah, and it's not like they, it's not like they shove you somewhere and you're just like, what's going on? You kind of learn about it in terms of story, so it's a really mm. good game to introduce new people to the franchise, and obviously That's ones who are nice. continuing on yeah. from Halo One and Two. That's so I played nice. Halo Three. I really enjoyed it, and I played a lot, a lot. I tried to do on legendary uh, difficulty, succeeded on that. I did complete it on legendary co-op. 
Um, I got Halo 3 ODST. I really enjoyed that. Halo Reach was, I think, the, the Halo game I played the most of. I have yeah. probably over a thousand hours in that game. <laughs> um, nice. I love the campaign. I thought it was very, very interesting. Very, as you said, a very dark, depressing story about the, the fall of a of a planet and its people. Mm. But then, kind of like the rise of a hope. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. It was, it, it's it was almost po- like it was like Rogue One. Like years, about ten years before they actually did Rogue One. Yeah, maybe yeah, that's why I and... like Rogue One so much. Well, reminds you of Halo. Yeah, Reach especially. Yeah. So, and then oh, oh god, so I played Halo Reach. I did so much of the forge on the maps, and I loved oh, it. I made yeah. like roller coasters. I remember yeah. watching YouTube videos, and people made like little like uh, puzzles and stuff like that. Oh, like so cool, like saw traps and stuff like that you go through it was so incredible i remember complete actually decided you know what i'm going to do get one of the hardest uh, achievements on xbox 360 xbox 360 time was to complete halo reach on legendary alone and i did that oh nice. it was so tough uh obviously some some levels were more tougher than others but I managed to do yeah. it, and I just felt like I love I love playing Reach, um, and then when obviously Halo Four was coming out in twenty twelve, I remember I was so excited for that game to come out that when I got it in my uh, Christmas stocking in the morning, I basically went downstairs at six o'clock in the morning, um, and started playing it before everyone got up to open Christmas presents. I know I was a kid. Yeah. I was a uh, I was a I know, I'm very childish, <laughs> but like, um, oh, that's nice. Yeah. Uh, I loved Halo Four. I loved how they reworked Chief's character, his relationship with Cortana, and mm. you know, it, it felt like a more emotional story for Master Chief than in the previous games. Yeah, and plus, also, it was like what, Five? It's it was a five years since Halo Three. Yeah, so. The idea was, obviously, oh, the first time we've seen Master Chief for five years. So it was a really, really big moment for like all Halo players. Like We've seen the return of Master Chief. Um, I think 343 did a really good job. Halo 5 Guardians, I never played it because it came out on the Xbox One. Uh, and I had the PS4. But I, I obviously watched some walkthroughs of the game. I didn't enjoy it because, as you said previously... It kind of felt like they kind of pushed Chief to the side and try to focus on uh, Locke. And mm. I don't think I've worked well. Uh, I think also it was kind of mismarketed, like false marketing. The idea was you could be playing a lot of uh, Master Chief, but uh, obviously you could play a little bit of, lo- of Locke, but actually really it was kind of 50 50. Um, and then uh, it took ages for Halo Infinite to come out. And I watched the walk from Halo Infinite, and I, it's just like watching old school Halo again. Um, people always say because Bungie's all, always been made better Halo games, but I think Three Four Three is, is getting there. I know people didn't like Halo Four, but I really enjoyed Halo Four. I think Three Four Three did a really good job. Because um, yeah. what marked Halo Reach incredibly was it was the last Halo game Bungie were making, and then Three Four Three took it over. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's um that's my introduction to the Halo uh, franchise. Mm-hmm. So 
Spart the Spartan armor, right? It's called uh, Mjolnir, you know, named after Thor's hammer. Um, I love it. The sort of like exoskeleton sort of suit, you know, how it's like mechanical, but then it's also sort of like it's just a, a futuristic tactical suit, isn't it? Yeah. And um, I love how, like, especially Chief, his um, his helmet basically looks like a dirt bug um a dirt bike helmet right <laughs> it's so cool and um i think the the whole aesthetic of he is just a superhuman i think he's like eight and a half foot it's something stupid he's um i think he's spartan mark two no no mark three no he is he's mark two so um seeing especially like another mark two in halo reach i think it's um george uh, George zero five two, I think his name is. Like he, he's amazing. He's the one that like sacrifices himself on the ship. Yeah, and he's he's huge, isn't he? He's like the heavy the heavy lifting sort of work guy. But um, I think it's really good because it, yeah, like the game started off essentially as a futuristic FPS, but um, the story as well, the it's very um, it's poignant. And it, essentially, it's meant to be like um, a parable about how, like, everything can be susceptible to extremism, especially um, religious zealotry, because humans in this time have managed to, you know, yeah, we, you know, we've managed to like, go into space. We've found this technology left by this ancient civilization, the forerunners, and we've managed to develop space, so you know, like hyperspace travel across the galaxy. We've got colonies and whatnot, but we're still, you know, fighting one another. There's insurrectionists. And, I mean, we have some problems, but then we find our true enemy in the dark of space, a confederation of different species. They, you know, they're different aliens from different planets, but they have a shared religious belief that the forerunners are gods. And because humans are using their technology in a blasphemous way, we must, they must conduct a holy war against us and eradicate, eradicate us from the galaxy because we're, we're unclean, we're, we're unholy. It's phenomenal. Just the idea that this, you know, because the, the leaders of the covenant, the, the enemies, are the prophets, you know, and they're all like, it, it, I think it's fantastic how, the, you know, look at how advanced the, the Covenant are, but they're still susceptible to being just fanatics to this, like, belief. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. I love so, it. so if anyone's ever read Halo The Fall of Reach, it was mm. a book that was released as a time for Halo Combat Involved and basically looking at the origins of uh, Master Chief and followed Master Chief uh, in his early years, fighting the Covenant to fall, you know, continuing on to the finding of the Halo Ring that started off the events of Halo Combat Involved. Um, and the idea was the Spartans were this program created by Dr. Catherine Halsey mm, um, yeah. to make the next this generation of super soldiers to fight this uh, growing in, uh, human insurrection threat. Now. There were there were these groups of people that rebelled against the UNSC and humanity. Um, it's a lot of politics around by that, and so respawns were created to, and obviously, you know, created and trained to fight these insurrectionists, other humans basically. Um, 
ones who are you know ill-equipped did have had similar weapons to what the humans had and one day when uh chief was fighting uh governor ship appears and attacks um the insurrectionists and unsc and this is when we get our first instruction to the covenant and the covenant were are um a group of aliens uh, from different planets uh religious zealots who see humanity as a threat to its religion as a threat to its its uh, survival and the idea was humanity needs to be extinguished yeah eradicated from ev- you know, everything so the spartans and unsc were basically faced this new threat and they were like we weren't trained for this we're trained to stop insurrectionists and you know, you know farmers with you know farmers with guns and yeah that's why the Covenant were able to take out, destroy so many homeworlds was because of they were prepared. You know, they didn't know the Covenant was coming. Yeah. Um, and obviously as a, the games go as the games go on, the humans learn to fight back against the Covenant. But it's interesting looking at Halo Reach and Halo Reach is really about them trying to stand off against the Covenant because if Reach falls earth is next yeah. so the 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 big aim of we have to make sure we reach survives is a pin, pivotal moment but arc of the, the the story the campaign story of halo reach and you just see how much the covenant the, the destruction of the covenant the glass in the planets and like by this time billions and billions of people have died yeah uh, been yeah. killed just wiped I out i think um i I, you know, cause I'm a nerd. I, I just looked up sort of like the casualties of the Human Covenant War, and I think it came to something like, Jesus, it was like 30 trillion people had died. Yeah, yeah, because this is a part where human humanity has spread out across the stars. Yeah. This is in the 26th yeah. century. Like, yeah. so um, the fall of Reach was 2552, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That I think that, that's really cool. I was like, the, you know, like you know, like really like the numbers like fit, so it's really easy to remember certain dates. Yeah. Um, and I think uh, the, the the fall of Reach is very um, not important. It's, it's tragic. It's so it's a cataclysm to the human race because yeah, like yeah, it's the last bulwark until the the Covenant reaches uh, Earth. But um, I believe in the, in the game they call it the Winter Contingency. It's that the the fact that the enemy is almost at Earth, but also. Um, Reach is the homeworld of the Spartan program. Yeah. So if if you know that's where most of the Spartans are based. So if they fall, then you know Earth has lost its best defenders. <laughs> um, it is. You know, I can go on all day about how tragic the fall of Reach is, but I think you know by by the time Halo One starts, it's already done. That's already happened, and. Um, John one one seven, the Master Chief, has been evacuated from Reach, and he lands on this mysterious structure in space, the eponymous Halo Ring. And I, it's not um, a novel idea. Uh, it was, I think, it's from a book. I think it's called, uh, from a book called Ring World, and it was in um, 
the the Mandalorian episode of the Book of Boba Fett. Remember, remember that like the Halo Ring, yeah, yeah, world from that. And you know, it's really cool because especially if you're on Forge World in when you're playing the game, if you look around, you can see the ring going up into the sky. It oh my god, it's phenomenal. I love it. And obviously, if you go underground, there's like big, massive like forest structures, and um. I, I think what I like about Halo is that it's quite expansive. It's not just about, you know, finding the relics of the Forerunners. And it's not just about fighting the Covenant aliens. It's also about fighting this grand threat to all of the galaxy. I can't, I kind of like that, how it's it's almost like, you know, in Game of Thrones, there was like the, the, the threat from the White Walkers. It's yeah. like that, isn't it? It's like, it's common cause that we must... You know, we must stop like fighting amongst ourselves because there's like a great threat, and I think the flood does that because it's um, I'm no, this is meant to be like military science fiction, but it brings in the the, the whole cosmic horror, almost like akin to something like Lovecraft or just body horror, like yeah. um, I, oh, what is it like Dead Space stuff like that, you know. It's it's fantastic. I wasn't a big fan of the flood before because I was quite squeamish, like stuff like that. But now I think it's it's a really cool idea. Yeah. Um, so basically, uh, so hundreds hundreds of thousand years, the mantle responsibility belonged to the forerunners. However, the the precursors wanted to remove such power from forerunner hands and give it to the human race. In retaliation, the forerunners drove the precursors into extinction. Among the last of the precursors, one let out a spore, hoping for it to spread and repopulate the precursors. It spreads like wildfire. However, instead of creating precursors, the spore made a parasite known as the flood. The forerunners fought the flood. The flood, which spread through infestation of sentinel life over a much of the Milky Way galaxy. Exhausting all other strategies, the forerunners conceived the Halo Array, ring-shaped megastructures and weapons of last resort that would destroy all sentient life in the galaxy to stop the flood. Uh, delaying as long as they could, the forerunners activated the rings and disappeared. So, obviously, the idea is like the forerunners are these race that lived, you know, they're kind of like the, the you know this great race that lived thousands of years ago. And the big question is, mm. what happened to this great race if they were so technologically advanced and you know great where did they go and then obviously you bring in the flood then so it's not just about humanity and the covenant then it's more about the halo rings and these halo rings are really great weapons so that destroys all sentient life in the galaxy so whilst when these halo rings are found the covenant and humans realize we can use this to wipe out each other you know the other the other uh yeah the other army so mutually assured destruction yeah yeah and then the flood come in and i remember playing halo 3 and it's due to the flood in halo 3 and i was just like this is this is like what is this terrifying it it was terrifying yeah yeah (laughs) and you see that the covenant are the in the original trilogy, the Flood are like a big, big uh, enemy to fight. And then once they're defeated at the end of Halo 3, the shift then turns into um, the Banished, which is a, um, a basically following the events of Halo 3, uh, there becomes a kind of mutual 
peace between um, the elites led by the Arbiter and the humans. But then the Banish are uh, like another, like a segment of the run, the, the Covenant that believes in this, you know, the whole great teachings of, you know, like the, the relig religiology that humanity needs to be perished. So they become the big threats in Halo 4 to Halo 4 to Halo Infinite. Um, uh, and then you get introduced to um, uh, the type of forerunners called Died. Um, uh, yeah, we have a group of forerunners called, is it Prometheans? Oh yeah, the Prometheans are basically with the the, the Ur Didact. Yeah, who he, is he was like a, a rogue, um, a rogue member of the Forerunner race. Who was I think he was banished by them. I'm not sure. Yeah, he was. He was. He was married got... to the librarian. Yeah, and he returns to create destruction over humanity, um, a, a supremacy. Because it's it's about the um, have you heard the term of the mantle of responsibility? Yeah. Yeah. You know, so anyone that's not familiar, it's it's meant to be the idea that um, I think it's meant to be like a satire of the world police issue of uh, America post um, Vietnam War. How yeah, America thought of itself as essentially the stewards of peace or like the stewards of um, of the world going forward, and the forerunners took that upon themselves thousands and thousands of years ago because they were the ones that were meant to be promoting progress within the galaxy, and with them now gone. Who is that? It's the, essentially the mantle of essentially um, the leadership role. Who has that now? And um, the didact thinks that the humans want to take it upon themselves. And technically, we are the best suit for that. There's also the Co Covenant who, you know, they, they had it for a while because they were the most advanced um, group. But the, the Ur didact he thinks that they you know they're all wrong it should come back to the forerunners and he, yeah he wants to essentially destroy humanity because he thinks that well like what happened before we were we were essentially um what, what do you call it like we were reduced to like to the stone age as punishment for rising against um the forerunners so, yeah. he wants to, he wants to do that again yeah that's I think that's the end of halo 4 isn't it he gives the speech about how yeah, like the humans are now the greatest threat to all of us and all this stuff. It's fantastic. Yeah. Yes, it's That's the one when we see the, the Master Chief's eyes. Yeah, but if you do, if you play the legendary, uh, the legendary ending. Oh, so it's only in that version, is it? If you play the whole campaign in legendary, then you get that ending. Ah, oh, right. Okay. So basically, the Covenant and the, following the events of halo combat involved there's this big kind of struggle with the humans and the covenant and the covenant soon learn where earth is so the idea is like we can't not we can't let the covenant know where earth is yeah and eventually the covenant finds out where earth is and it's this big battle for earth and the Covenant realizes if we wipe out humans on earth that's their home world we've we fully we fully defeated them. Yeah. But then, obviously, the use of the Halo ring brings in the kind of we've now got this weapon we can use against the humans, and the humans look looking at the Halo ring and they're like, we can use this against the Covenant. 
following from the events of combat involved, um, the head of the Sahili, uh, the arbiter, gets yeah, punished. Gets punished by the Covenant for failing to stop the humans and mm. Master Chief. And from that, uh, the Arbiter manages to... Um, he is stripped. He is uh, humiliated. And from that, he a civil war breaks out between the elites and the Covenant. So the elites then decide to join forces with the humans against the Covenant, and the tide of war starts to turn. That's why the Arbiter appears in Halo 3 as a supporting character. Yeah. Um, I think that was really cool in Halo 2 how, yeah, like, I, I, I don't think it was in any of the promotional material, but it was like um, a bit of a twist that, oh, yeah, half of the plot, you're basically playing as the enemy now. Yeah. And not just that, he was the one that was trying to stop the Master Chief in the first game. He was yeah. the one that he is um, group followed... Uh, the Pillar of Autumn, as it crash-landed on um, yeah. Installation 01. Yeah, that's it, yeah. And, um, yeah, so it is a nice little thing about how, yeah, it's all about the fallout from the first game, what's going to happen now. And, you know, I like how Johnson is getting um, presented with a medal as well. You know, it, and Johnson's awesome. I have to say, um, Sergeant Johnson, is it Avery Johnson? He's fantastic. Yeah, he's, he's, but, obviously, um, he's obviously modelled yeah. on... Um... Ali uh, Emery's character from from Mel Jacket. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's meant to be a bit of a piss take, but yeah, it's all, obviously meant to be an homage as well to mm. this like this really cool like military character. But um, yeah, and um, so as you said, the um, oh damn, what's his name? Um, Sham, whatever, whatever the Arbiter's real name is, he basically gets punished. And his punishment is that he becomes the arbiter, and the arbiter is basically the elite that, in times of crisis, he takes on the most insane suicidal missions on behalf of the Covenant. You know, to sort of basically to do the impossible, mission impossible, if you will. But um, yeah, so he's basically going toe to toe now with the Master Chief. And I like how, you know, because the Covenant, they learn of the Master Chief and they call him Demon because he is essentially like, well, because they think of them all as like heathens and blasphemers. But he's, yeah, he's he's like, um, he's a soldier that fights back and kills them. It's like Batman, isn't it? It's like, yeah, yeah. It's it's um, like the lone fighter. I like how, especially... um, with the Arbiter, we we get like a really nice like POV of what the Covenant is doing. It, it's a really cool narrative choice to do that, and to have him sort of rise back through the ranks again and it, regain his honor, if you will. It's it's a really cool um, plot, like to, to drive the plot forward from both angles. So now we get the UNSC and humanity with John, the Master Chief, and the Covenant with uh, the Arbiter, and obviously. Of, you know, they, they're meant to be adversaries at the start, but they learn to like, you know, this like mutual respect and they learn, uh, Arby learns that the covenant is wrong. You know, they, they're basically just abusing their power and they, they've enslaved the people. And that's how, yeah, there's like the, um, the Sanghili rebellion. How they, they essentially is a massive schism within the covenant and it just destroys them inside out. 
it's really cool. The, the sort of geopolitics that goes on within the whole, like, it, it, these are video games, right? And it's massive, like, p- p- um, politics and geopolitics and socio-economic, uh, socio-political issues. It's, a, it's interesting, it's really like, because when Halo came out, it was obviously, it was the same year as the 9-11, um, the events of 9-11. Really? And the idea is you have got this... Um, very religious force that extremist force that believe that the West or as I say Christianity is a threat to them and they are aiming to basically attack Christianity. If you think about it, the war in Afghanistan and the Iraq war, what happened 9 11, it's very much like another crusade following the previous crusades in the 11th, 12th, and 13th centuries. Hmm. Um, and this came out at this pivotal point where there was a big discussion about, you know, um, Islam and the growing extremists, extremists of Islam who you would use the Quran as, as a way of attacking, uh, threats to their religion. Yeah. Well, it's just people. xenophobia, isn't it? Like using yeah. Th- uh, yeah. violence. Yeah, as, as a means to, but also you have these clashes of Christian Christianity and Islam, hmm. not seen as, as such for a long time since the Crusades. So, so it's activistic. Then it was it was like um, a holdover from that time. Well, if you think about it, it, it it's like the war in Afghanistan and Iraq and all that. It was kind of like a crusade, wasn't it? The crusade to remove. I mean. Yeah, I, I suppose a rose by any other name. Yeah, it, it's, it was, yeah, yeah. Cause, it, cause... I mean, look at how like the how many people joined it as a result of what happened on nine eleven. Yeah, like did people do that basically because look, look, we wanted to sort out the world, or did they do it as a, because they wanted um, vengeance for what happened? You know, they wanted to retaliate. I think it's imp- you know, important to like ask that question, and. Yeah, I, I think I think you you have a point. Yeah, that it can be referred to as a sort of like a they they, they were like a crusading force to like avenge what happened. Um, or, or even looking at the covenant as a crusading force, the idea oh, is that they yeah. see yeah humanity as a threat to their existence. Yeah. Their, their modus operandi is basically to purify the universe yeah. of anything they see as profane. They need to carry you know like the will of their gods that they, they see obviously the forerunners as gods. So they want to carry out their, the will of the gods and they'll do anything on behalf of that. It's, it's fascinating to, to see how that was done on a, a galactic scale, you know, not with like a certain religious group anymore, but with a, a galactic sized religious confederation of not one people of different species, you know, and, and religious religious extremism has been done so much in sci-fi. It's become like a definitive theme of sci-fi. Uh, look at Dune, yeah? The, the religious ah, extremism yeah. of Dune. Look at the religious extremism in the Foundation series. Well, it's... yeah, um, especially with Dune. They lead um, a jihad. They lead yeah. a religious crusade yeah. against the Emperor. Yeah. yeah. So religious extremism is not... Uh, it's a big theme. as You can see in a lot of sci-fi... Um, franchise. Even Star Wars has religious extremism. If you see the Sith as a, as a as, you know, because the Sith were really like grew from the Jedi 
order and with more of extremist view of mm. the Jedi. I suppose, yeah, you can you can say that they were the Jedi that basically succumbed to temptation and yeah. sin. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's why I always see the Covenant as is like quite like you know as a crusading force who are able, who see who believe that these people, the heretics, need to be purified. But in terms of purified, they need to be wiped out. Um, and it's interesting when you more look at it, and it's exceptionally, you see a lot more when you f- see, look at the Reclaimer saga, and look at, like, mm. the, the other extremists covering the group that want to continue the fight against uh, UNSC. Um, so, uh, let's talk about the character of Cortana, that is, mm, okay. uh, you know, Cortana, again, is, like, another, like, influential character in you know, element of the franchise like oh, so yeah. you, know, you get yeah. katana on your on your microsoft phone isn't it? stuff like yeah. that you know it's, well it's... i'm i'm sure it's not a novel thing let me just google it real quick but i'm sure Cortana is a very famous sword in mythology let me just have a look see where it comes from it's um oh damn it uh, yeah. Keep talking. I'll I'll try and look up it. But um, it's basically. Ah, oh, yeah. So yeah, Cortana is a legendary short sword in the legend of Ogier the Day. Yeah. So it's you know like look look at it um as a- analogous to Excalibur, right? It, it's essentially a magic sword, and I mean in a way I guess she can be seen as like a weapon. She's meant to be like an uh, an AI interface, isn't it? You know, with yeah. um, um, he, he essentially sticks it into the back of his head, and she can interface with his like his suit and what what's happening with like his um, what do they call it? like the HUD, isn't it? The, the yeah, heads up display. That's it. Yeah. Um, she is essentially meant to be not as not a foil to John, but definitely the more empathetic half of like this duo whereas john is you you're meant to be asking the questions or you're you're like disoriented you don't know what's going on plus john is like, at the beginning especially he's very stoic he's emotionless whereas cortana is very empathetic and she's very likable um and then going forward then um as well cortana is meant to be um um she's the quest giver or like she's like the guiding one she'll be the one that sort of like interfaces with doors and stuff to progress so it's essentially you're meant to be destroying the enemies and then when the enemies are done oh cortana's opened the door and you can progress to the next level you know it's it's just that you know but i think cortana becomes much more than that um it's yeah i mean say what you want about like the design whether it's like outdated now where you know it's meant to be sort of like um uh what's the term um i'm not exploitative but um it's they are it's, it's sexualizing right because Cortana's meant to be like um a holographic version of a naked woman right but i mean i i i'd go on to say that it's desexualized because well, she's 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 not doing anything really that's meant to be sensual. She's meant to be like intelligent, very like um, empathetic to the to John. Yeah, I, it's... I, I think I think it's good. I, th- I think the the whole Cortana character is very good. It's positive. 
and the katana was thick you know halo started off around this idea where the the sexualization of female characters was still prominent uh video game yeah, characters yeah. and now it's kind of changed where you know it's not that sexualized but it's more looking at like okay they're, they're attractive but they are important they are intelligent they are like the main focus and stuff like that uh no look at like laura croft as an example um i think i think you're right actually yeah yeah but katana obviously she because she's created by using dna of calvin halsey and given to uh john master chief and the last mission of halo reach is you delivering katana to the pillar of autumn that's um, nice. That's, that's really, really good. Nice. It ties yeah. it in, and then when you when you realize what it is you're carrying, yeah, you're carrying precious cargo. It's Cortana, you know. You know, it's it's so sweet, and you you give it to Captain Keys, don't you? Yeah, you do. Yeah, and I mean, it, I mean, you have um, like Jacob Keys. Uh, you she has he has um, a daughter, you know, Miranda, Miranda Keys. But in a, in a way, I mean, it can be argued that Cortana is Captain Keys and Halsey's child as well. So, you know, I think it's Halsey that gives um, Noble Six, you, um, Cortana, and then you deliver it to, like, essentially the father figure. I th- I think it's really nice. And, and then you sacrifice yourself. You, yeah. you you deliver Cortana, but yeah. remain remain behind to to make sure the Pillar of Autumn does not get um, shot. Exactly, down. exactly. But you're oh. you're carrying with you one of the things that will save the human race, which I think is always so great. Yeah. Um, going. Uh, right. So Wait, going on all to the... that was needed was a hallway scene. Um, <laughs> take it. Just take it. Oh my god. <laughs> Uh, I can I can I can I can picture that now. Um what Noble Six a Star Wars story. <laughs> yeah, the hallway scene, good, isn't it? Yeah. Reach. So we get to relate though obviously the kind of relationship between Master Chief and Cortana, and you see their relationship develop. And especially in Halo 3, where Chief realizes that he has to he has to continue, you know, he has to finish the fight without Cortana being there. Yeah. And eventually rescues her. There's a really famous mission in Halo 3 where you have to go in uh it's called Cortana. You have to go in and save Cortana from the flood. Yeah. It's a horrible scene. Uh it's a horrible level to do on legendary difficulty. Because the flood are just horrible to fight on high levels. Oh but, my god. And then it ends with you and Master Chief and Katana in the fall unto dawn, and they have to go into um, self, you know, Master Chief has to go under ice. Self isolation. Self isolation. <laughs> Pretty much that. Um, and then Halo 4 is when we really get like oh, the yeah. relationship where you kind of think there's some sort of like romantic side with, with Reach. Oh, definitely. But yeah. in, a w- in a way, it's like, you gotta think that Reach Reach no hey Master Chief is was created by Spartans from from you know from a young age. So his kind of mentality and the way his like mental view is very different between you and me. Yeah. The idea that like he finds the emotion of love 
with Cortana. And that is something I like, obviously, Unity tried to move emotions from, Spart- from Spartans. Yeah. It's, a, but, it's like a floor, but, isn't it? It's but, like a, an, an imperfect floor. Ugh. But Cortana kind of opened up that emotion in chief. Yeah. And it's so, such sad where at the end of Halo 4, she has to sacrifice herself yeah. to save human race and stop the didact mm. and chief realizing he's not going to see her again but also uh, you know going into the idea that she's also dying herself because her like, yeah um, it has rampancy right yeah that was called? Yeah. yeah and then obviously in halo 5 when master chief realizes that katana's still alive he goes oh, out yeah and kind of puts himself yeah. in the way of the unsc to find her so it's very interesting. It's such a great um, kind of the dynamic between oh, those yeah. two characters. The chemistry which, is amazing. The yeah. chemistry, yeah, yeah. And you see, it really develops Chief's character is someone who becomes a lot more questionable about who he is, mm, um, yeah. what he stands for. Yeah. Well, and... you know, is he, is he a machine? Well, I oh, mean, man. Uh, that's a, that's a bad comparison. Is he a machine, or is is he? You know, I, I mean, oh, he becomes an individual. Is he, he just yeah, a soldier? Is he just yeah, a soldier? Yeah. Is he just built for war? That's basically yeah. the question is. And then the idea is, when there's no war left, who there will be no need for Spartans, will it? Mm. That's why it becomes the case where the UNSC starts questioning Halsey and being like, well, the Spartans, we don't really need the Spartans anymore. Yeah. But Halsey's kind of like, you would you will still need them because there's always I mean, going to be conflict. Don't you think Halsey is a really good character because she like embodies the, the sense of maybe lawful evil, you know, or like she, she knows that like the, sometimes there needs to be necessary evil. Yeah. And she is, she is happy to be that person because look, she has like the um, humanity's best interests at heart, but her methods are absolutely disgusting. And that's what I'm, I want to sort of touch upon the show because I'm really worried they're not going to do that for the show, that they, they're going to be afraid to show Halsey as the conflicted and, you know, very um, flawed character she is. I'm Look, I haven't seen the show, so I can't really say for def- uh, definite yet, but I really do hope they show Halsey as this very interesting character. I think they will do. and. It's not just her her conflicted morality you know, morality that is not just an interesting part, but also her relationship with Master Chief. Yeah, she was there when she first met Master Chief. She first met John, and in a way, she's like a mother figure to yeah, the Spartans yeah. and to John. It's really weird, right? I mean, then again, they're named after the Spartans, and if anyone's familiar with you know history, especially with the, the Laconians, like the the historical Spartans. They know that they were not forgiving people. No. Oh my god. So I'm wondering to see how they'll do that. Whether that, yeah, like they make out that I don't know. She is like a mother figure, like a, a surrogate mother. Well, I, we, it, we shall see. It doesn't really become. I don't know. She doesn't really. It, it she becomes gradually like a mother in the same way that Vesemir becomes like a father figure to Geralt. Yeah, that's, that's or a good yeah. Siri, or just Geralt becomes a far figure to Siri. 
it's very much like you know they're not like are oh, you gonna be you're gonna be fostered by or adopted by this person. Yeah. It's kind of like the way that because Halsey sees John as great potential. You see that she becomes like a mother mother like figure to him because mm-hmm. again in the day he he loses his family and his his family then becomes the UNSC yeah the Spartan program. And you got you got you got to remember this is just this is um, the way the Spartans were created is just so shocking. And you compare um, it to the I way that the, the, like, the, the Witchers were yeah. created. I think it's one of like a really good featurette. I think it was one of the trailers for Halo Reach, and they show like essentially. I think it's um, Carter. I think it's Noble One. Him being essentially like, created as a as a Spartan, and you see like this kid, and he's like he's got loads of like scars across his body. It's like it's horrible, but that but that's what they did. That's what they did to to get like these super soldiers. And yeah, I think you know Halsey realized that yes, this is not good, but it's necessary. You know, if we if we want to survive as a race, uh, it becomes a case then when the Spartan Four program is volunteers. Yeah, but they don't they don't inflict as much like yeah like pain and challenges to the ones who volunteer because the idea is the Spartans like okay we're looking at like when they went to visit John as a boy they noticed that he basically showed great intellect yeah and skill and they needed people like that so they abducted them but now they noticed that they can't abduct they can't abduct kids yeah anymore so the, like, Spart- yeah. the spartan full program becomes volunteers it's like if you mm. want to become a spartan that's why buck from odsc becomes a spartan yeah i love buck. Volunteers. Uh, nathan fillion voice yeah him. yeah, I, yeah. Lo- I loved him they um they hinted that he was become a spartan in halo reach they basically said um you could get his voice um have I, have I, did i say this like in a different episode uh, they said in like you could get his voice to, to be your character and the description of the voice was, I think it was like, Buck, if he was any better, he'd be a Spartan. I was like, oh, that's <laughs> really on the nose. Okay. But yeah, it's, it's, um, he's a Spartan in Halo, uh, five. Was it, no, Halo, yeah, Halo yeah. five. He's part yeah. of, um, Locke's yeah. team. Yeah. That's strike, strike team Osiris. Yeah. Yeah. Cause Locke's right. is, uh, Osiris and then, um, John's is blue team, isn't it? Yeah. That's right. The, oh. It's interesting looking at like how humanity views the Spartans after um, the Third Covenant War. Where the idea is like, okay, we defeated the prophets. Yeah. Do we need? As I said earlier, do we need the Spartans? But then realizing that, like, okay, the we need to kind of like remove the Spartans from before and have a new generation. But Chiefs, mm. like, obviously, they Chiefs stands for them as a reminder of the harsh what reality. They can be. Yeah. Of what they can be, the harsh reality of the war before, and of uh, you know the kind of more out the more complexity of doing SC and creating these soldiers. Yeah, and that's why they always talk about is psycho, you know, how his psychology. The idea mm-hmm. is like if it's if the it's the chief effect to humanity that we're just not realizing yet, and that I love that's how it becomes yeah. uh, that's becomes an interesting point. That's really interesting, actually. Yeah. But then you get more into kind of like the military politics and stuff, like, oh, we don't need this kind of piece of junk anymore, do we? We've got this new yeah. 
uh, generation of junk. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I like that. That's good. <laughs> this new junk, but, and, it's, um... and, and it's Halsey basically saying, like, you know, you you still need John for when the time yeah. comes and stuff like that. I, I love her character. I gotta say, and um, I like how complex it can be. Mm. Yeah, no, nah, it, it's she's she's a very very compelling character. You you haven't got to like her by any means. I I don't like her, but wow, it, I mean the writing of that character. I'm I'm wondering the the actress who's gonna play her was in um the Truman Show. Yeah, so oh, I'm I'm trying to think what how, how, you know. I I think you know, look look if they chose her to play Halsey, you know she must be a good actress, but. I'm just wondering how they're going to do it. Um, whether they're going to bring in that complexity. But um, I, I'm rambling. The whole idea that, you know, the Spartans is a clean cut, or oh, they're just good, is uh, asinine. They're not. They are weapons of war. And it's only because of Cortana and the Master Chief's shared experiences that John became the hero that, you know, he did, I think. And, and that's why her loss is so tragic to him. And it becomes you show John as like he's actually has humanity, yeah. like where rather than being being the machine or the soldier, the fighter that UNSC trained him to be as well. Yeah, the idea was but they view the Spartans like the Spartans haven't got any humanity, but they do. And John's obviously the the example of that. Um, but yeah, um, it's just. It's just it's just really really interesting. Um, anything? I'm just looking through what what notes I've got really. Um, so yeah, we covered like obviously there's a lot of books you can read. I mean the the main books I think you you know everyone should read is um, Halo: The Fall of Reach book, and there's another mm. books following on from that. Um, I think yeah, like so, Glasslands is a good book. Yeah, so you got Halo the Fall with Glasslands, the book, good book. Halo Reach, the Fall, Halo the Fall of Reach, uh, Halo the Flood, all these different different books. Uh, there's a Marvel comics created for Halo, the graphic novels. A lot of these are set, you know, between Halo. Well, and the origins of the Halo Spartans and the Fall yeah. of Reach. Um, there were obviously there were plans to create a uh, a film. Um, so, two thousand five, Columbia Pictures president Peter Schuslesel began working outside the studio system due to Halo film adaptation. Alex Garland wrote the script. Ooh, okay. Um, Microsoft terms required ten million dollars against fifty percent of gross. Uh, most studios passed, citing a lack of risk for Microsoft compared to their large share. Potential potential profits. Twentieth Century Fox Universal Pictures decided to partner to produce the film, pay Microsoft five million dollars to option option the film and ten percent grosses. Peter Jackson was slated to be the executive producer, and Neil wow. Blomkamp as director. Before Blomkamp signed on, Del Toro Guillermo Del Toro it was in negotiation to direct. Mm. DB Weiss and Josh Osmo rewrote Garland's script in two thousand six. Pre-production of the film was halted and restarted several times. Later that year, 2020 Fox threatened to pull out of the project, leading Universal to issue an ultimatum to Jackson 
and Shulesil. Either reduced their large first dollar revenues deals or the project was ended. Both refused Jeez. and the project stalled. Blomkamp declared the project dead in late 2007, although Jackson insisted the film would still be made. Blomkamp and Jackson collaborated on District 9, but the director told the film that he was no longer considering working on a Halo film if the opportunity arose. The rights to the film has since reverted to Microsoft. Blomkamp would produce a series of live-action shorts as promotion for Halo 3, collectively entitled Halo Landfall. And Halo Landfall, if you can look at it, you can see on YouTube now, it's it's uh, Neil Blomkamp and you see some, uh, you know, the Warthog and, and stuff like that. Some of the, the, the human soldier armor. It's... So, again, this is all just about, you know, politics behind the scenes, really. Yeah. It'd be interesting seeing what Guillermo de Toro direction would be for Halo. I That's think very Neil, interesting, isn't it? I think Neil Blomkamp would produce a really good Halo. Oh, really yeah. good Halo yeah. film. Um, but then, obviously, then other shows came out following on. So, obviously, Halo 4, Forward Unto Dawn, was a series that premiered on YouTube, uh, which is basically a setting up Halo 4. Um, and it follows the uh, the early days of Human Covenant War in 25-26, and it involves around Thomas Lasky. Who, ah, yeah. who who is the admiral of the um, um U- UNSC I, I Infinity? Cap- Captain Lasky, at oh, com- the commander, 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 oh, commander at the beginning, um, and then he becomes the the captain. Yeah, so um, it's all about him fi- yeah. finding his like strength to fight against the Covenant. I think it's pretty good for. It was done very cheap, but the effects are oh, yeah. really incredible. Um, and then also Halo Nightfall was uh, coming out. With from really Scott Production Company, Scott Free Productions, and he was looking at like the origins of um, uh, uh, yeah. J- uh, Agent Jameson Locke, played by uh, Mike Coulter. Um, and it's obviously setting up the events of to the events of Halo 5 Guardians, and then we've had uh, the Paramount Plus television series, which what well, I remember was announced at um. In, um, I think it was E3 they announced it, and I remember Steven Spielberg came on like a screen and was like, Yep, I'll be the big fan of the Halo games, and I'm gonna be executive producer of the Halo series. Um, and I'm, I'm looking at this now, so it was originally titled Halo Television Series. Neil Blomkamp was rumored to be directing the pilot for the series, um, and he was ended up being developed in hell for many years. Because there's always the biggest question for like, oh, we're having a Halo series coming out soon. Remember that? And now it's actually happening. And that's coming out on March 24th with uh, Pablo Schreiber as Master Chief. I can't wait. I, yeah, I, I think wait. I think he'll be he'll be really good. I have you seen the reviews for it though? That's coming. Um, uh, look, I think he'll he'll play a fine like iteration of John. One one seven, but I like like I I'm gonna like make my own opinion when I see it. Yeah, you know, before then, you'll have like these critics. They probably haven't played a game in their life. They don't understand what's happening. I I I, I don't know. I I just ugh. oh my god! I'll it, go in there and do my own thing. It's Italy beating us. 
Oh no. Oh, so, yeah. So, um, uh, whilst we're recording, Wales and Italy are playing um, rugby at home uh, in Cardiff. Uh, that's really disappointing to hear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm really disappointed now. <laughs> Oh, that's good. God's sake. We lost at home to Italy. <laughs> this this tri- this Six Nations has been shit. Oh, I know. I don't know what's happening with everything. Like, uh, thank, God, thank God I didn't get tickets, though. <laughs> yeah, well, everyone, like, all my family have gone there. Oh, they're going to be disappointed. Yeah. I, couldn't, I couldn't be asked, honestly. We've been playing absolute shit. Oh, my God. That is... Well... Ugh. It was Alan Wynne Jones. So anyone's not familiar, Alan Wynne Jones. He's not the captain today, but he usually is the the Welsh captain. It's his hundred fiftieth uh, cap for Wales. It's Dan Bigger's hundredth cap. So that's that's a real shame, actually, to hear that. Um, Disappointing. Wow. <laughs> Disappointing. <laughs> Disappointing. Disappointing. Um, yeah. Anyways, back to Halo. So <laughs> please. <laughs> yeah, we've got the views cut out for Halo, um, the TV series. Um, yeah, I'm gonna make my own in, own decision as well. I don't really trust yeah. critics to come to stuff like this. Same, same. Uh, can't remember they reviewed Witcher quite badly, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Paramount, Paramount Plus on Thursday. Uh, yeah, so anything else you want to talk T- about? Certainly with... looks good. Yeah, it does. So, anything else you want to talk about with Halo before we end it? We have covered quite um, a lot, haven't we? Yeah, I mean, I think. It's really good that something like this has lasted this long. Look, you know, like people had issues, including myself, with Halo 5 Guardians. Halo Infinite looks good, though. The multiplayer looks fantastic. I haven't, Hopefully, we'll get plot. I haven't, I do apologize if I haven't had this much discuss, discuss with Halo Infinite because, um, because it's, it's fairly new. And yeah, yeah. Um, I, I need to like keep, like, obviously mean about it to kind of have an idea same yeah but um the way it's going is it seems to be like really really good um let's have a look actually i might look here so um let's have a look at hero infinite it's um it does look really cool and i mean it does uh as as we said you know we shall see but um i'm i'm hoping this show is good because visuals look very good um Pablo Schreiber, you know, he, he said he's never played the games before, but um, it should be good. The main issue I have going into it is that Otto Bathurst is directing, I think, a few a few of the episodes. Um, I, don't, I, I don't mind it. I don't I mean, mind look, look, His main um, body of work has been Peaky Blinders, and it's it's good. It's solid episode per episode. But he directed the Robin Hood film with Taron Egerton, which flopped. It, it was dismal. And I'm hoping that this show, uh, this show now, um, I, I'm hoping he's more confident doing serialized stuff like a TV show instead of films. Cause I want us to work, you know, and we we shall see, but, um, I'm, I'm hoping they should. Good. They, I, they I think really, it's a Thursday release, right? I don't understand what they should really bring back Long Camp to direct some episodes because he's been wanting to do it for a long time, and I think they yeah. should go. They should go ahead and do it. Hmm. We shall see. Yeah, we shall see. So, uh, bye bye. up for Halo Universe. Um, I can put some links in the description to some of the games, books, and 
and etc etc some of the shows that everyone can watch in the run-up to watching the Halo universe if you're new to the Halo universe this is a good we kind of wrapped up for you very nicely obviously the yeah. spoilers but um but it's good to have an idea of what Halo universe is like before you're going into the Halo TV series. Yeah. It's going to be very different. It's not going to be very canon, the Halo TV series, which I think is a good um, idea. Yeah. Um, but again, like if you're new to if you're No, I want it to be 100% like the games. <laughs> yes, no, please. I do not do that. <laughs> uh, is, this, is this be cheap falling from the sky all the time? That's literally yeah. what he does. Um and if you already known Halo, if you already know Halo, then this is a good kind of refresh for you. That's something we forgot to talk about, how the vehicles in oh, yeah. the Halo games are always based on something. So water, you know, uh-huh. humans is like Warthog, Pelican, Mongoose. So it's like animals. But yeah. if you look at the Covenant, the covenant ships, it's, right? all, it's all ghosts, isn't ghosts. it? Uh, so Revenant, got... Spectre, Wraith, um, Banshee. Banshee. I love that. I, I do. I really love that. It's one of those things I didn't get until I realized, oh, they all named the different, yeah. different ghosts and stuff. All right, all right. Well, what was your favorite UNSC vehicle? Oh, Scorpion. Scorpion, okay, okay. I, I, like, I, I like the Falcon. I do like um, the Wraith is, also, is awesome. I do yeah, like the Wraith. Is the Wraith the flying um, Covenant one? Actually, no, it's the Wraith. No, Wraith is the big one, the big tank one. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can have like someone's yeah. uh, like sat down with like a gun in the, mm. in the front and then have someone. You can't control play it. as it. Well, you can as a glitch. But um, have you heard of the Scarab? Like the the giant walking tank? But the Scarab is so cool, though. Like, oh, yeah. They're so cool. Love yeah, I remember, I remember the, the glitch. I know which one you're on about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's in Reach, actually. <laughs> So that wraps up our Halo universe. Um, yeah, there's so much to talk about. We can talk. We, we can go in so much detail, but I mean, it's so much to explore with this universe. But I think mm. we covered the, the 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 main stuff yeah. of it. So uh, yeah, so everyone, please make sure to tune into Halo's TV series on Thursday. Next week will be our episode 100, so it'll be kind of a special episode that I've started to put together, so hopefully you'll enjoy. And then uh, April will be starting off, probably end of March, and then April will be um, a lot more content coming out in April. More content as always. Um, so it'll be a lot more TV shows we can be viewing. Um, but yeah, I, you know... I'm look. I'm glad we're getting up to episode, uh, this is our 99th episode. Yeah, it's mad. I was episode 100 now. Well, we've been doing this since June 2020. Yeah, which it feels ah, quite right. long ago, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm. I'm really glad we got to well 99, but getting to 100. Yeah. How many podcasts get to say they get to 100 episodes? Oh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's really good. I like it. Um, I mean. Yeah, it's going to be fun like next week because it's like, well, you, you shall see. But um, I'm kind of glad that, um, you know, we can find like good stuff to talk about each week and we sort of like enjoy doing this because exactly. I really enjoy it. It's really fun. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, Halo is good and talking about it is even better, but it's not as good as actually playing it. And no. talking about it has made me want to play it again. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. Yeah, same, same. <laughs> But I need to give. I need to focus on Elder Ring now. 
Oh God, yeah. Everyone's talking about Elden Ring. Maybe if George R. R. Martin focused more on his books and not playing video <laughs> games, then maybe he would have written his goddamn book by now. But Brilliant. you know, Brilliant. that's just me. <laughs> Brilliant. Anyways, um, thank you guys for for joining. Hopefully, hopefully you enjoyed uh, hearing us talk about Halo. Um, as I said, follow us on uh, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and the pod the platforms our podcasts are on including Spotify, Anchor, Apple, Overcast, uh, Apple Music, etc. Um, thank you all for tuning in. Um, obviously, be sure to like, follow, share, and a review if you enjoyed the episode. My name is Reese Bolton, and we'll see you on the next Hoffy Coffee Cast. I'm Reese Jones. You'll see you on the next Hoffy Coffee Cast. <laughs> Have a good week. Have a good weekend, everybody. <laughs>